Welcome to Bandit's Keep. This is Daniel, and this is kind of a catch-up episode uh, for the people who have called in. I appreciate all the calls I get, but uh, sometimes I'm just lazy, and I do not uh, respond back right away, so I've decided to make this uh, kind of catch-all. I, I would say that I'm changing my format to make uh, the call-in bonanzas, like uh, down in the heap, down in, I would say down in the heap, but it's actually down in a heap, which makes more sense. Anyways. This is going to be a bunch of Collins, also an unboxing. So not only am I stealing Rob's uh, Colin Bonanzas, I'm also stealing Jason's unboxings. So I'm, you know, I'm just trying to go along with the trends here and everything. But uh, we've got Collins from Andy Goodman. We've got Collins from BJ over at Arcane Alienist. We've got Minion, aka Rob, from uh, Confessions of a Weak Timorous Bushi, and also a Colin from Jason from. Nerds RPG Variety Cast. So uh, let's get to those. Okay, so first up is Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Barrier Peaks, as well as Grizzly Peaks Radio, where you can get all your actual play podcast needs fulfilled, starring many excellent voice actors, and, of course, Andy as the keeper of all things horrible. Check out Grizzly Peaks Radio at a station near you, or on Anchor, or wherever you check it out. But anyways, take it away, Andy. Yeah, I, I really like what you were saying about the, um, you know, creating mini-games for, for wilderness travel and making that something specific and unique in the game. I always had a big kind of black... Um, hole in my in my imagination for what to do on wilderness journeys um in essence i think they're great but just running regular D D just never seemed or at least fifth edition let's say when we were playing it never seemed to work for me i, I couldn't get it to work and i think you may have hit upon something that could make it work and i guess a lot of other games designers have done stuff around this but yeah um just applying the normal rules um, for dungeon exploration to wilderness doesn't work. And what I mean by that is, you know, the uh, the concept of the adventuring day within 5th edition and the certain number of uh, set encounters within an amount of time between long rests and all that business, that just all breaks down in the wilderness because it just becomes silly. You, you know, if you imagine a 20-day journey, so what, you're going to have five to eight encounters times 20 before you get to your destination. That's that's insane. That would take forever. So, of course, you can't do that. And then, well, everything breaks down. And I know there are, there are rules, sort of rules, and I, and I guess there are supplements that have come out since that maybe address this. I haven't read them. But, um, you know, what you're talking about, uh, I think, is a great solution. And... You know, I think it lends to the, to the idea of, of of this grand sweeping narrative of of travel, which is what great. Yeah, kind of bumbled to a cut off there, but um, yeah, I'm just just this. You know, in fiction, travel can be so wonderful, and in and in reality, you know, in life, travel can be wonderful. Just seeing the sights and sounds, and and uh, just being in a new environment. So somehow being able to communicate that through the game mechanics and through play, that that's a really 
great thing if you can achieve that. So look forward to hearing more about your your um, adventures there. Maybe even playing in one. Who knows? All right. See you. Okay, so yeah, uh, thanks, Andy. Uh, yeah, of course, I uh, would love to have you in the game at some point. Um, I think that travel, it's funny because after I made these episodes and after, you know, obviously you called in, it's been like that. Um, I actually read, I may have said actually just like four or five times in a row, but anyways, uh, King Solomon's Mines, which involves a lot of travel. And one thing that I noticed in that book was he would do things like, the writer would do things like, literally say, I'm not going to bore you with the, with the three weeks of travel that it took us to get from point A to point B, uh, except to say, and then he would get into like one little kind of story that happened, uh, you know, adventure, some weird thing. They encountered an animal. They found God or somebody got lost. Some kind of thing that was interesting. And I think that in epic travel, that's like a good way to do it, right? We do, day to day, it's boring. Uh, what you want, the day that you get up and you just walk across desert and nothing happens, you don't want to do that. And of course, what Andy's saying is absolutely right. If you use the, like the fifth edition, uh, you know, adventuring day mechanic, right? And you look at it like you're going to have all these account encounters, then that's your adventure. Maybe if you were just hex crawling and kind of that was the, the adventure was just like clearing wilderness, that would make sense. But if it's really just to get you from place, uh, point A to point B, I think a more simple system is, is good with a lot of narrative. What I will say in actual play was that I kind of goofed it a little bit and didn't narrate as much as I should have. And I kind of, after the game, I thought, oh man. But then when I talked to the players, they all didn't really notice that. Of course, we always <laughs> we always notice it more ourselves as GMs than when we do things. But um, yeah, they, they were like, no, no, it was, it was fun. Uh, but what happened was I had planned on their, in town being, because I thought they'd be bored. Okay, so this is where you, this is good GM advice for myself. <laughs> is that... Nobody likes shopping days and going in town and figuring out like where to get gear. And it certainly wouldn't be very interesting on the first uh, session to do that. So I really had it set up so that I just kind of described the town, had some basic stuff, and I was going to say, all right, we're just going to roll to see how many days it took you to get the stuff and who your guide is or whatever. But they immediately jumped into starting to role play with people and asking questions and trying to figure out this thing about a clue they had. And it was really... It was really interesting, and I mean, like, it was a two-hour session. So, like, half the session, they spent just, like, role-playing and, and getting, like, the, the best guide they can get and all this other stuff. So that the rules almost didn't happen, right? Which, which I love. I mean, that is the way that the game should work. But because of that, I kind of, I wasn't, like, thinking. Like, I thought the, the expedition would take longer, and I didn't want it to drag. I wanted them to get to the, the final point in the first session and have, like, a little bit of an encounter there. So because time was short, when we did the actual travel... They rolled, and I think they had a snowstorm, which was the only thing that they were super lucky with them. Was. And, um, yeah, I dropped the ball a little bit. You know, I just kind of said, oh, okay, you know, there was a really bad snowstorm, so, you know, you've lost your way, and the entire journey is going to take a little bit longer now, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I didn't get into, like, oh, you're buried in the snow, and it's bitter cold, and, and that, I should have done that. And, and, and after, I was like, oh, man. But, you know, the players didn't notice because, of course, they didn't know that, that I was I, I should have done that, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it. So um, I like the idea of how I did it. I think I need to tweak it more because they have played a few more times since. And it sounded back and forth multiple times and it only ever hit the most minor thing. So I think what I'm going to do is is change the, uh, the amount of dice they roll or something um, in future times if I try this. But... Yeah, I think as you're traveling, right, there should be one like kind of epic thing that happens. Epic, that might be too much, 
too big a word, but one thing that happens that uh, that's memorable on the trip, right? And then the, the rest, rest of it can simply be annihilation. And uh, I'm going to keep working on it because I, I do think travel could be really interesting. I just have no... Um, and I mean interesting narrative, not, not interesting mechanically. I want to have some mechanics um, because I like the randomness. That's just the way I like to play. So I don't want to just say, okay, they're going to travel and hit these things. I could just do that. Um, but I want it to be... A, no, it would be interesting. Um, one thing that I... Have, um, oh, I don't know. Justin, Justin Tucson from... Not Tucson from... Uh, from uh, Fear of a Dream... Fear of a Black Dragon? Fear of a Black Dragon. Uh, he talks about um, a technique that he uses where he'll make some kind of a statement and then ask the PC to, the player to finish it. So something like, oh, it was a, a long day of travel and you're exhausted, much more tired than you, you thought you would be. Uh, why is that? You know, you can, you can throw it at the player, so... I think I may try to use stuff like that next time I do a long travel, but... Um... Yeah, it's something I want to work on. I really want to involve these, these, these journeys and make them mechanically worthwhile. And I think it's possible to do in older games because... So it would not be Anchor if I did not get cut off, although I thought that usually only happened when you were sending messages. But, in any case... It's not a good exactly but... I can foresee another podcast coming up as I tweak this system out, but I, I do think traveling can be awesome, and I think it's something we should use a lot more in RPGs. I mean, what do, what do people do? I mean, I'm curious what um, what other people do. Do you just hand wave it? Do you have a mechanic? I know that some of the Lord of the Rings based RPGs have travel mechanics, but I wonder, you know, what are the, I guess, what are the penalties uh, or, or problems of with failure? And what are the benefits of success, right? If you make somebody roll a skill check, let's say for traveling, you know, a tracking skill check or whatever. I mean, what, to what end? I, I, like, how does that actually affect the game? That's what I'd really like to know because that's the part um, I think is the trickiest, right? It has to matter. And honestly, if it's just hit points, especially in a more modern game where you can heal every day, you know, even without magic, I don't think hit points is really a thing, right? It needs to be something more than that. So maybe exhaustion, probably. Anyways, I'll keep working on it. Hey Daniel, I'm just listening to your latest episode uh, on your the kind of final touches on Chainmail OD and D and the uh, the journey rules. And I, I just only I had a good chuckle when you talked about uh, them rolling for uh, the players rolling for kind of how much progress they make each day, and that you know, if they roll particularly poorly, maybe a, a sleet storm or something that sets them back. Uh, and for some reason first thing that popped in my head was the animated sequence in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they're trying to travel and the the seasons go backwards and forwards for them and they're, they're forced to eat Sir Robin's minstrels so um, you know I, that would be funny if you could put that on a table or somewhere where you know you're forced to eat your henchmen because you know winter suddenly did an about face and came back now anyway I'm just messing with you that, that that's a really interesting uh, mechanic you've come up with there I really like it but uh, good episode see you later so that was uh, BJ from Arcane Aliased. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could be on the table. <laughs> Maybe in like a Morkborg or something, uh, you know, type adventure. Um, although I, don't, I wouldn't put it past my, uh, my, my players to, to think of something like that. But <laughs> we try to keep cannibalism off the table um, in our games. <laughs> no, but that is very funny. Um, and you know what's interesting about that, though, is that 
again, one of the things that they that they took with them were actually uh, rams to help like lug the equipment, and that was one of the things that was discussed by the uh, PCs. You know, they were like, okay, well, we could take you know, uh, it's a little more expensive, or I can't remember exactly why it worked out, but you know, they could get one ram to carry more stuff, or they could have like a a, a porter. And they wanted to have the RAM. And, and one of the things they said was, yeah, because we could eat it if we needed to. So, I mean, there you go. It's like uh, <laughs> you want some actual henchmen, right? Because they need to, to ride the, the, to drive the RAMs forward. But uh, maybe a couple of RAMs just in case you get hungry. Hey, this Rob uh, Manion here. Just wanted to say thank you for your uh, latest podcast. Not Well, not just the latest, but all of them, really. I really appreciate what you put out, as well as... Uh, the uh, content of uh, clerics wear ringmail and uh, uh, down in a heap. It's it's really good. I I really love to to play with you guys actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love the idea of using the old chainmail um, combat in uh, OD and D. It's very interesting. Um, also, the idea of mini games um, for for improving the experience of travel. Uh, I do agree that that um it's not a bad thing playing the games uh, like mini using mini games like that and having different mechanics in the game i think people really do appreciate it it's fun it brings something new anyway uh just want to say thank you cheers bye-bye hey daniel this is rob also known as many on here just wanted to say thank you for putting together the revised rules for chainmail for uh odnd um I've read through the rules pretty much completely and I'd need to have a good listen again to the podcast and uh, maybe watch some of the actual plays to see how things actually work in play. But uh, yeah, nice one. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, that was uh, Mignon, a.k.a. Rob, from uh, Confessions of a Weed to Bushi. It's funny that, uh, that you should call in, Rob, because I feel like whenever I listen to your podcast, I'm on a bit of a travel. You know, you're kind of moving around, uh, talking about the various gardens and the rivers and the the, the time of year and, you know, the wet season, uh, you know, lately. And, and I think that's really great. That's the way you describe it. It's, it's, it's fascinating, besides, obviously, the the RPG talk. So, um, you know, I, I, I the more I listen to the podcast here and I hear different anchor people all playing together, I do think to myself, man, I would love to play with some people from anchor. So um, maybe I will put together a game. And if you are interested... Uh, that would be fantastic. We can dig up a few people. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for calling in and uh, talk to you soon. Hey, Daniel. Jason here. Great latest episode. I think that makes sense, you know, not trying to turn chain mail into a universal mechanic. I look forward to the chart when you post it. And I'm very interested to hear your thoughts of BX versus, or not versus, but B, your thoughts on BX and Sword and Wizardry and the pros, maybe, and cons of each, right? So thank you very much. Look forward to hearing you again soon. Of course, that was Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. No podcast would be complete without a call-in from Jason, so thanks for calling. Yeah, I think, right? It, it, it's funny that I had said on, on Rob's uh, Down, in the Heap pod, Down in a Heap podcast, um, we know that I'd run BX versus Swords and Wizardry for different things without even really thinking, and... and you know, I, I wonder sometimes that we do things that we don't really uh, have an actual reason that's, that we can articulate immediately, but then when we sit down and think about it, uh, there are reasons. 
and uh, I'm going to have to poke into my own head because I'm also curious as to what I will say about that. So hopefully that will come up soon. Uh, until then, talk to you later. So thank you to everybody who called in. I appreciate it. If anybody else would like to call in and leave me a message, I can almost promise that I'll answer quickly. In any case, until I see you next time, I don't have a good closer. I'm going to need to work on that. I need some music. I need a, a good closer. Um, anyways, I'll see you next time.